I, uh, I relate to the emotional roller coaster ride. I understand it. And uh, as a fellow human, I would say that there, the opportunity here, just like it is for me, when, when, when the loving, caring people in my life point out my wish to see only the sky without the clouds. Um, my wish is, I wish that the entire experience would be without pain and suffering. But unfortunately, that's not the experience that you're having. And, you know, there is this belief system. When we can get into that space, there's this belief system that someone out there has the answer. They're just not telling us. It's like, okay, would that life were that simple? I mean, who knows what tomorrow's going to bring? This is the ride. There is no ocean without the waves. It's just, this is it. This is all that we've got. Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. We are so glad you're here. There was a time in my early 20s where I was convinced that there was an answer to the question, what is my purpose? As if there was some perfect thing that would allow me to fully be myself, and in doing so, I'd create tremendous value for the company, for me, for the world. I thought if only I worked hard enough, or found the right person, or followed the right process, the answer would become clear, and the clouds and the difficulties would part, revealing a path of ease and fun and fulfillment. I used to spend hours journaling, reading, trying to unlock the key of what I was meant to do. I took on odd projects and roles not because I thought they were the thing, but because I thought they had enough flexibility to help me continue my search for the thing. I continually dropped or disappeared from opportunities simply because the clouds had not parted to reveal them. I just knew that somehow, somewhere, there was a final answer and path for me. I just had to push harder to find it. I was wrong. John Lennon once said, life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. I don't know if what I'm doing now is the thing. And I certainly never had the clouds parting moment in my life that led me to where I am today. But I do wonder if the very thing I was looking for actually itself lives and was born in the struggle of looking for it. The belief and pain of not finding my magical calling led me down all kinds of roads and to meet all kinds of interesting people, to ask of myself very hard and scary questions, and to look within in ways I was unwilling to do before. That pain from the journey it still lives in me. But now as a man who is not any closer to the answer on what he should be doing, but a man who is a hell of a lot closer to the answer on who he can be, a man, a father, a husband, a partner, a person whose journey now finds him deeply committed and honored to support others trying to define their own journey. What if where you are, while perhaps not the journey you expected, is exactly where you were supposed to be? What if the life you live isn't a series of hurdles that you're permanently trying to remove, but instead is the thrill of clearing them? What if this is indeed it? And what might you be missing for your own growth, happiness, and learning 
by resisting it. Michelle is the co-founder and CEO of Gearhead Productions, and she comes to this podcast and Jerry feeling a bit lost. She has pulled the business through incredible challenges from bankruptcy and fraud and major market corrections. And yet, after 18 years of struggle, it feels like she hasn't gotten anywhere. And she still finds herself facing an endless string of insurmountable hurdles and big questions. Am I being stubborn or resilient? And when do I finally get on the journey I'm meant to be on? The one, you know, filled with ease, happiness, and meaning? Enjoy. Sterling. I'm a founding partner here at BGF Ventures. We're based in London and we're a 200 million pound early stage venture fund. I would recommend uh, Reboot Bootcamp, hands down. I, if you're on the edge and thinking about it, I would just do it. You'll, you won't regret it for a second. I think my key, my key reflection from the Bootcamp weekend is that you can't remove from the work that we do on a daily basis is, is incredibly human. So it's not sitting in front of a computer. You know, we are, we are interacting with founders and with teams and making decisions that impact people's lives. So it is uh, imperative and, it, and it, it's your responsibility to invest in yourself if you care about the companies that you invest in to make that dynamic successful. Join us for the 2019 VC Bootcamp this January 24th to 27th in Boulder, Colorado. Over this long weekend, you'll work with the Reboot team and your peers to uncover your authentic leadership style, helping you to become the best investor, board member, and supporter you can be. To learn more and apply, head to reboot.io slash vcbootcamp. Hey, Michelle, how are you? It's great to uh, connect with you like this. Thank you. Tell us again uh, who you are and tell us a little bit about Gearhead. Okay. My name's Reverend Michelle Hounold, and now I've added Lorenz to my last name. I uh, started Gearhead, well, I joined Gearhead. Gearhead started in 1993 as a magazine. My former business partner, um, who was a very good friend of mine, started the company, and uh, I came on as full partner in 2000 to expand it from a hot rod, rock and roll, punk rock magazine into a record label and a clothing line. It's in the world of custom culture, uh, so it's very uh, niche. Uh, it's a lowbrow art and punk rock music and vintage cars and, you know, that whole uh, scene. And Gearhead um, just really has blown up. We were the very first um, company of our kind to do not only the magazine, but this garagey punk record label and clothing line and kind of tie it in together to promote the lifestyle of, of this little niche world that we live in. And, and I'm going to uh, interject. Tell me about Reverend. Um, I became a minister. Well, it's, it's all kind of connected to Gearhead, actually. Um, my former partner and I split up in 2006. We had very different ideas of what the business was going to look like or, and how it was growing and changing. And um, I was pushing us to grow and we were getting bigger and more well-known and the brand was really just erupting. Um, and he decided that he didn't want to work that hard and um, really wanted to just go back 
to it being a small little tiny underground company. Mm. Uh, and, um, and so we split up. I, I actually literally split the business up. I gave him half and I took half and we ran the company's parallel. He ran the magazine mm. and I ran the record label and we kind of ran them parallel for a couple of years until the great recession hit. Um, and in 2008, because I kept all of the, the debt from when we were a partnership and I had been paying it off, um, the whole recession sort of hit the music industry right before the whole rest of the, the marketplace and things were tanking and I was getting sued left and right by credit card companies, creditors. And I just, it, it was in a major spiral and I just realized I couldn't keep things going anymore and ended up filing bankruptcy. Um, I had a store at that point, a full little retail store and uh, six or seven employees and everything just crumbled, literally. Um, I just went from realizing I couldn't hold it all together and I just said, okay, I let go. And one morning just found myself on the floor just sobbing and and just full on just panic. And that's when I realized I'm like, I, I can't, I've got to file bankruptcy. I can't do anything else. And at that point, I just didn't know what to do. I just didn't know where to go, where to turn. I was just absolutely just devastated. And um, I had taken some classes at uh, the local it's a, a non-denominational um, seminary called Church of Divine Man and the Berkeley Psychic Institute. Uh, they offered meditation classes and spiritual healing, and I was led there. I just knew people there. I had been there once or twice, um, and I just ended up knowing I needed something, something different, because I just, I was just devastated. And, um, and I started taking meditation classes there as a way of trying to figure out how to move forward and what to do with my business and how to heal my life. And, mm -hmm. um, and one thing led to another, I never intended to become a minister. I never intended to join their seminary, but each class I took led me to a new phase of healing. And, um, eventually in 2000, 13, I think it was. Um, I had completed all of the course requirements hmm. and was I became a minister and and that's really helped me shift my life. I did spiritual healing work for a while and counseling. I became a master gardener. I just put I just walked away from gearhead. I closed my store down. I just walked away and put everything on hold to try and kind of get a little bit of perspective on my life. No, I guess I graduated in 2011. Mm. Um, and in 2013, um, my, uh, uh, I had to basically take legal action with my former partner who had been committing fraud and really damaged the brand. And there was still kind of functioning. I wasn't putting any attention on it. I was really working on my spiritual path. Um, and thinking that that was going to be my next business. Um, but after going through the legal um, uh, situation with my former partner, it was declared his all, all his rights were terminated 
I everything, see. 100% of the brand and ownership reverted to me. And at that point, I had sold my house to finish clearing off the debt. The debt. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I had the business 100% in my control. And I was at ground zero. And I kind of went, huh, I feel like I've got some balance, some understanding now of what happened and why it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided to start Gearhead back up with uh, this newfound sense of spiritual understanding and mm, ownership, I guess. So, um, so let's fast forward to where yeah. you are today. That's yeah. super helpful, and, and that background is really okay. helpful. So here we are now. It's 2018. Yeah. You successfully relaunched the business. Yes. You, you went through that wild ride. <laughs> uh, was, right? Yeah. Um, and, and we're both laughing because, uh, you know, I, I, will, I will confess to having looked at your website and seeing this gorgeous picture of you, I think, on a motorcycle, but maybe just in a... It's, it's in a hot rod, actually. In it's in my, my now yeah. husband's hot rod. Right, right. Yeah. So there you are, <laughs> top down, you know, big smile on your face. And yet there's this... So what's going on now? What, what well, caused you to reach out? Honestly, so here I am. You know, it's just me. I went from having community, people I was working with, a business partner. I had a store. I had employees. Um, I had a very clear direction, an idea of what I was doing to grow the business and, and expand the brand. And, um, you know, since relaunching the business, I'm now working by myself out of my house everything is online i you know i go out to car shows and rock and roll shows and i set up and sell the product direct to consumers but other than that i'm pretty isolated and trying to figure out what to do how to i feel like the business since I relaunched it in 2013 i feel like i'm just sort of sputtering along i don't I'm not paying myself, you know, I'm barely making ends meet. I feel like there's this massive potential with this company to grow and expand and be this incredible lifestyle brand, but I have no idea how to get from where I am and my ideas and my visions to where I think the company should be or could be. And, and I just realized it's like, I need, I need help. I need guidance. I need. Yeah. So, you know, the, the work I first heard, um, the work that you did with the startup people. And Mm -hmm. I was, I've been listening to podcasts, anything that's connected to business and independent business. I've been listening to and reading and, you know, trying to glean Mm -hmm. bits of information or guidance. And when I heard you with the startup people, I was just like, holy crap, that's what I need. I need somebody like Jerry (laughs) (laughs) who can kind of see the bigger picture and maybe help Mm. work through the emotional challenges and isolation Mm. to bring these creative ideas I have into fulfillment or realization. So, yeah, I've been listening to Startup. I've listened to your podcast. I've been listening to The Venture. I've been listening, you know... (laughs) open for business, everything to just try and. Well, let's, let's hang out in this space then. For okay. A um, 
So I'm going to reflect back to you some of the things that I've heard you say. And I love the fact that you just took a deep breath because that says to me that it was a parasympathetic nervous system reset. Ah. And we'll just acknowledge that Michelle got married, Michelle and Bill got married, and that there's a lot going on here and that there's a lot of history in here. There's the relationship with the former partner and there's a lot of tension and, and still a lot of um, hurt, it feels yeah. like, that carries. And then that there's a lot of wishes and dreams, let's call them dreams deferred. Yeah. In that there's a wish and a dream around the gear hit. Yeah, keep doing that. Keep taking those parasympathetic nervous system resets. Those are awesome for us. And so there's a lot here. And one, one path we can go down is to sort of intellectualize and sort of say, well, let's strategize on what to do with the business. The challenge is, of course, that um, I don't know enough about the business to be able to offer anything other than platitudes um and then there's this other piece which is uh and i'm going to make an observation here and you tell me if this lands yet again michelle finds herself in that place you know that place i know that place I oh know that place very we well know, we know this place this place is like staring <laughs> down the existential question of what am I doing with my life? Is this the right thing I should be doing? Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's the question. Am yeah. I wasting my time? Is there something else I should be doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a scary question, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, I mean, since 2000, I feel like I've had this idea of where I can go. And despite all of the ups and downs and insane crashes and wonderful successes. I still keep having this feeling in my gut. I have to keep walking this path because there's something there. But then I start, I question myself constantly. Mm-hmm. Am, I re- am I listening to my gut correctly or am I just kind of trying to force this thing to happen that maybe I'm, Back when I filed bankruptcy and I shut my store down and, and shut everything down and walked away, maybe that was the time that I was supposed to literally stop. But I didn't. Oh, I mean, I did, but, you know, then I started it up again because I still had this gut feeling mm. that I, I had something more I needed to do with this company. So... Um, there's a phrase you just used that I just made note of, which was, which I often hear, which is, and it's a variation on this. I don't know if I heard it a hundred percent correctly. It's, it, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Right. So can we just hang out with that for a moment? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to explore that. I explored it in my writing all the time as I journal, but I've right. never actually talked about it with anybody. Right. So, so there's a fundamental premise behind the observation. The fundamental premise seems to be that there is something you're supposed to do. Do you hear that? Oh, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, right? like, it feels like it. I mean, in, in well, What that. does it feel? It feels like what? 
in that third chakra space, yeah. right in the center of my gut, you know, it's just, I feel this overwhelming need to keep exploring and unfolding this business. Right. So the question is, is that some sort of divine expression or is it your own stubbornness? And that's what I'm not sure about. <laughs> and I, I sit and I pray and I meditate. Yeah. And, and overwhelmingly, I get that it's a divine direction. But, you know, with my own, I'm very stubborn. And, and yes, I have are. a tendency to override. So, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm assigning divine. It feels like it's a divine outside of myself guidance is what it feels like. Yeah. And I've done enough yeah. meditation and praying and contemplating to generally know the difference, but I still don't quite trust it. At least in this instance, I don't quite trust it. So, um, and that could be because I just, I'm struggling financially. It's like, I'm, it's hand to mouth. I'm barely making it month to month, you know, and I keep thinking if this is a divine guidance, shouldn't that part of it be easier? Yeah. Um, so, so, Again, I don't know. I don't have a direct connection. Um, <laughs> um, sometimes I fool myself in thinking that I well, That's exactly it. It's like, am I fooling myself? I don't know. Right. right. But, but I'll say this. Um, one time I went to Greenland, and um, I was supposed to um, spend a couple of weeks crossing skiing is 200 kilometers and I, I ended up falling in a crevasse and having a completely different experience. And, um, I remember my son, Michael saying to me something to the effect of, well, dad, it was an adventure. It's not the adventure you expected. Right. And so there's a part of me that wants to say, Michelle, it, it's been an adventure for 18 years. Oh, completely but not the adventure you thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, and, and um, the thing about, um, I don't know if, if there's, um, a, a, you know, some sort of energetics that says, this is what you're supposed to do. Sometimes it feels like, as I, as I once said to a friend recently, you know, vocation doesn't feel like the clouds part and the hand of God comes down and says, Oh, this is what you're supposed to do. Oftentimes vocation feels like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. This <laughs> with this roller coaster ride? Really? That's what I'm supposed to experience? Oh, come on. Please take it back. Right? Um, I have often prayed for the door to be closed. I'm like, you know, I think I'm kind of I don't know that this is what I wanted. <laughs> Well, it's not the, again, it's not the adventure that you wanted, but it's the adventure you're having. Yeah. And right? I've learned an insane amount of cool stuff that I never would have learned. Well, I'm going to go on a limb, limb here. Okay. okay, I'm going to go on a limb here. 
um, there's a little gift that's occurred. There's a many gifts that have occurred, but I'm imagining there's one in particular. You said before you were sitting in Bill. Bill is your new husband. Mm-hmm. Bill's hot rod. Mm-hmm. You took that picture. Now, I'm imagining, since Bill owns a hot rod, that there's this content connection that exists between the two of you that has mm-hmm. something to do with Gearhead. Yeah, yeah. your face that's, just relaxed. That's how we met, actually, was because of Gearhead. Say that again? That's how we met, is because of Gearhead. Say that one more time, Michelle. Oh, that's how we met. It's because of Gearhead. Okay. I had, I so, had, so Gearhead may yeah. not have been intended by some divine third party to create riches and wealth and forever and forever safety for you. It may have been intended to deliver up this crazy guy named Bill. (laughs) Right? He is unlike any man I have ever been with. And, you know, we've been together 11 years now. Okay. So he came about in effect, because of your stubbornness around Gearhead. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know what divine intervention is. I don't know um, any, I have no capacity to be able to discern that. But what I do know is that more often than not, our discomfort it stems from, in effect, us saying to the world as it presents itself, that's not the world I want. I want it to be different. <laughs> it's like, this is great. Just change all these other aspects about it. I love Gearhead, but I'd like it to not be Gearhead. <laughs> and Gearhead seems to me has been on the brink of disaster since Gearhead was launched in 1993. Yes. Oh, absolutely. That is a so very how do you, accurate statement. Right. So, <laughs> so one, of the, one of the great Buddhist saints, Milarepa, is very famous for his songs and his teachings. And uh, there's, a, there's a doha, a song, in which a student comes to Milarepa and says, in effect, Milarepa, how do I, 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 I find it easy to meditate on the sky, implying it's so open and it's beautiful, but then the clouds come, right? And how am I supposed to meditate on the sky when the clouds come? And Milarepa says, the clouds are part of the sky, And so then the student says, well, Milarepa, I love to meditate on the ocean. It creates such a, a simple joy to see the tranquility of the ocean. But then these really troublesome waves show up. And Milarepa, how am I supposed to meditate on the ocean when the waves show up? And Milarepa says, can you see that the waves are just the ocean's ability to play? And then... The student says, Milarepa, I, I want to contemplate on the mind, but then all of a sudden these thoughts show up. And Milarepa says, can you see that the thoughts of the mind's ability to play, the expression of the mind's ability to play? The point is this, what we want is to cherry pick our experience. <laughs> 
I want the good part of Gearhead without the bad part of Gearhead. I want the bill that comes into my life. Right? Because I heard your loneliness. Or, or to put it this way, your aloneness in Gearhead. And yet, may I, since we're still in the honeymoon period, perhaps the most important person in your life is a consequence of Gearhead. So I'm alone, and yet this thing that this person that has come into my life is a consequence of that. Does this have any resonance, Michelle? Oh, completely. You know, when I, um, when I filed for bankruptcy, um, Bill and I had been dating for two years, and he had only known me as the CEO of this cool, hip company with the record store and, you know, all these amazing people and bands and, hot, you know, stuff. Mm. And when it all went away and I closed my store, I said to him, you know, I'm not the person now that you started dating, you know, and if you want to go, I understand because you got involved with me when I was this person and now I don't have any of that. And I'm trying to figure out who I am and where I'm going. Yeah. And you can go. <laughs> I won't be upset if, you know, and he was like, I'm not going anywhere, you know? Right. Yeah, I met you when you were that, but, you know, you'll figure it out, and I'm here. And literally, he has, through every single step of this process and journey, and I keep saying to him, you know, I can go get a job, and I can, to you know, help support us, and I can, you know, kind of just do gearhead on the side. And he keeps saying, no, keep doing it. I know, you know. I believe in you. Just keep doing this. It's okay. I can support us. And so I keep going. And he's like my container, really, for me to sit in and explore this. And he's intricately a part of this. He does the artwork for Gearhead. You know, mm. he painted the new cover of the magazine. Um, he's got the hot rod that, you know, we drive around in and have some good times in and people just are, you know, attracted to. And so, yeah. What was it like for you to hear his full faith and trust in you? I've never in my life had that before ever. And I keep thinking it's going to go away and I keep feeling responsible that now I'm not living up to his trust and his belief that I can make this into a company that, you know, I know it can be. Um, so, so, so you like just I'm letting him down. So, you just made a, an interesting little leap. <laughs> and the first, the first statement is, I have never felt that before. Yeah. So, let's just hang out there before we go to the belief that you've let him down. Okay. Okay. So, just feel. Feel the experience of Bill saying to you, I believe in you. Feel that. Go ahead. I hear you. I've never had anybody ever be 
there like that. And here you are with someone who is there like that for <laughs> you. I imagine not having had that before, that one of the belief systems that you took in was that you will never have that. And moreover, if I do have that, it's likely to go away. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So notice it hasn't gone away. <laughs> Amazingly enough, no. Right. And so even though I understand that the feeling is the worry, the concern is that you've, quote, let him down, somehow... That's actually not what's happened. <laughs> You're right. Somehow, Bill, rather than leaving, <laughs> in fact, married you. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Which, honestly, uh, yeah. It's is flabbergasting. <laughs> it, it, really, it really is. <laughs> right. So maybe... The gift of Gearhead is that Bill came into your life in part, in part for you to experience someone being there even when you're convinced that they won't. You know, I'm reminded of another bit of story, and I'm going to mangle this story as well. A man is desperate, uh, and maybe it's not even a bit of story. Man is desperate for relief and for salvation from God, and he's adrift in a in a rowboat in the middle of the ocean, and he's 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 desperate, and uh, for God to come and save him. And as he's laying in the rowboat, a small boat comes by and uh, asks if he's okay, and he says, I, I, "I'm okay. I'm just waiting for God." <laughs> And he says, okay, so the boat goes on, and then another boat comes, and finally a big ocean liner comes, and he's like, no, I'm waiting for God. And finally he gets really angry, and the boat moves on, and finally the, you know, he gets really angry, and he says to God, God, why didn't you save me? And God says, I sent three boats to you. <laughs> right? Okay. And so Gearhead Perhaps, I don't know if you should keep Gearhead going. I don't know if you're delusional. I don't know the numbers. I don't know if you're stubborn. You're probably all of the above. Yeah. You're also known as an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. But what I do know is that Gearhead has been giving you this extraordinary experience to grow. And you're nodding because it, it sounds like it. you recognize that. Oh, yeah. I know 100% without a doubt, had it not, and I write about this a lot in my journals, had it not been for the vehicle of Gearhead, I would, I never thought I was an entrepreneur. Never in a million years would I, did I think I was going to start my own business. And then I started my own business and I grew it and I've done things that I didn't know how to do, but I learned how to do it. And I, I opened a store and I ran a store and, and I've put on hundreds of festivals and traveled all over the world and met amazing people. And none of this 
ever would have come into my life had it not been because of Gearhead. And, and intellectually, I, you know, there are times when I see that and I can be so grateful and just like, wow, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't trade it for the world because you just, you just want to experience the, the sky without the clouds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, the biggest piece of it is actually having a, a romantic partner that gets it. I mean, I've had hundreds of relationships. I've been married previously. It was a disaster. He was an abusive, self-centered drunk. My former business partner was never believed that I could create something that would be bigger than who we in our little world was. But I was like, no, no, we can do this. I know where we can. And I did it. I just figured it out. But Gearhead has been the vehicle all along for opening all of those doors. Gearhead caused you to become a reverend. It did. It was absolutely 100% had it not been for the trauma of right. that. I, I never would have ever opened the door to exploring my spiritual path. Right. Look, I, you know, as a fellow human sufferer, suffer of the condition of human of being human <laughs> i uh i relate to the emotional roller coaster ride i understand it and uh as a fellow human i would say that there the opportunity here just like it is for me when 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 the loving caring people in my life point out my wish to see only the sky without the clouds um my wish is, I wish that the entire experience would be without pain and suffering. Yeah, that was a big parasympathetic nervous system reset. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the experience that you're having. And, you know, there is this belief system. When we can get into that space, there's this belief system that someone out there has the answer. They're just not telling us. <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. there, are there, there, there are these, like, you know, counselor TV shows where, you know, the entrepreneur goes to the goes to the wise person who says, you know, what you've got to do is change the menu and the, and the restaurant will survive. It's like, okay, would that life were that simple? Yeah. Right. Um, and sometimes there is a, just a, you know, a tweak you can do and a fix that you can do. But more often than not, it's a complex system of interrelated uh, experiences. Um, you know, in 2001, some crazy assholes fly some airplanes into the World Trade Center and they change the economy. Um, in 2008, you know, the, the mortgage crisis you know, precipitates a, a recession in the economy. I mean, who knows what tomorrow is going to bring? This is the ride. There is no ocean without the waves. Yeah. It's just, this is it. This is all that we've got. And, and you know, my, my short-term advice is, 
Lean into that which is purpose. Lean into that which is what makes GearHead separate from and unique from anything else that is out there in the space. Lean into the unique, gorgeous melange that is Michelle. Church of, what's it called? Church of Divine Man. Church of the Divine Man meets tattoos, meets hot rod, meets the whole panoply. That is Michelle and Gearhead and Bill and lean into all of that because the alternative is for you to somehow try to be somebody else. And I can speak from my own personal experience. That sucks. That sucks. So this is who you are. This is where we are. Try to remember uh, the things that you do have. They may counterbalance the, the crushing blows of gearhead not unfolding the way you would wish it to unfold. Does that have any resonance? Completely. It makes me want to cry again. Oh, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> What occurs to you as you think about crying? <laughs> I just keep thinking about something my dad said to me. And, um, you know, he, I know he wants the best for me. My father is a very, very famous, very successful scientist. Mm. And I know he wants me to be happy and successful. And at one point he said to me, well, you know, just go, go get a job at Costco. They pay $40,000 a year and full benefits. Like, just go do that. And I remember thinking, you know, when he said that to me, just this pain of sickening, mm. just, I just felt like throwing up and crying and vomiting all at the same time. Like, like I'd a thousand times rather keep leaning into the things about gearhead that are fulfilling and, and satisfying and live in poverty, then go and work in a machinery. It's like, I don't, I don't want to be that person. I want to be me. I want my dad to be proud of me. I want him to, you know, feel okay that I'm going to survive. <laughs> Well, I, I, I think you said it well. You're, I think your dad wants you to be happy. Yeah. And he wants his daughter safe. Yeah. Right? That's, that's that parenting impulse. Safe, warm, and happy. Safe, warm, and happy. Um, and um, to be fair to the folks who work at Costco, there are probably some amazing experiences for them as well. Yeah. Question, yeah. No denigration meant. <laughs> yeah. The question is not Costco or not Costco or Starbucks and not Starbucks. The question is, is this the suit of clothes that I'm meant to wear or not? Yeah. And, and I hear you. The choice that you're making is the choice for the entire whole Megillah, the full catastrophe, as John Kabat-Zinn says it, the full catastrophe of particular life. That is a hard choice to make. And um, 
I honor the fact that you're making that choice and honor the fact that it's a difficult choice. And I am not implying that I know which choice is the right choice for any individual, whether it's you or anybody listening to this conversation. Um, I just want to honor the fact that making that choice is difficult. And um, uh, I don't know that you're choosing poverty. I think what I hear you doing is choosing authenticity. Yeah, that's abs- That's it. That's absolutely 100% in a nutshell. Yeah. I have to choose me and who I am and what resonates for me. And mm-hmm. right now, this resonates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, hold on to the gifts that it is giving you. Recognize that it is not necessarily giving you the means. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there are an incredible number of gifts that I have not recognized and validated as part of what I get from doing Gearhead. And thank you for saying that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the inability to see the gifts is a very human thing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah you know um, it, it, we started off by talking about uh, kind of the aloneness in some ways yeah. and, and I've written the, down the word community and one of the gifts of community is that community those in, in, in our lives get to reflect back to us what they see and what we see here is that actually um, in addition to the struggles there are these other experiences that you're having. And I'm not glorifying the struggles. <laughs> the struggles suck. <laughs> right? But we want to make sure that we stay open to see the gifts that are showing up, to see the boat that God sends us. Yeah. Right? Um, it just may not be coming in the form that we expected. <laughs> right? Or the form that we quote-unquote want. The crazy thing is, you know, when I was doing a lot of my spiritual counseling and healing work, Mm. when I was taking my little hiatus from Gearhead, I said that to people that I counseled. I said exactly that to people. Yeah, I I know. I was sitting in and I was just replaying what you said to other people. No, I mean, look, that's part of the condition is that, that we have this phenomenon where we can see things in others that we ourselves struggle to see in ourselves. Yeah. And we can either use that fact to beat ourselves up or we can use that fact to unite ourselves in this sort of shared common bond. I choose the latter. Yeah. I'm oh, like, oh, you're, you're, you're another human being just like me. Just like me, you know. I need a barber to cut my hair. I need a dentist to do my teeth. And I need a therapist to keep me straight and narrow. Keep me cutting through. I need a spiritual teacher. To, to, to keep me from succumbing to my own delusionary style. I need other humans to set me straight. Yeah. In a loving, caring way. With a little bit of laughter. 
Yeah, so. that's exactly it. So I'm going to suggest that we wind down. And uh, I'm going to also suggest that you drink a lot of water. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of tears and we don't want you dehydrated. So, so, so in addition to breathing, drinking water is awesome. And I'm going to go drink some water myself. And I want to say thank you for taking the time to show up with us today. Waves and all. Thank you for being a boat. Aww. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, go to reboot.io slash podcast to listen to all three seasons of our podcast conversations. And leave us a review on iTunes. That's the best way for other people to find and enjoy the show just as you have done. And don't forget to join our mailing list at reboot.io slash sign up so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening. Eric Jacobs, Vice President of Product Development at Total Joint Orthopedics, Inc. If somebody came and asked, is it worth it or should I do this? Absolutely. The ability to have a thing discussed with a peer group that you don't work with, you're not friends with, doesn't even live in your town, provides a tight-knit anonymity. Like you, can, you can say that like work is really hard and the last board meeting was crushing and it's not going to get back to your board. <laughs> and if somebody's dealing with the sort of side effects of a startup or entrepreneurialism or just the work that's actually hard. Having a group of people to bounce that off of has been was really helpful for me and would highly recommend it. Want to experience more conversations like these in your life? Consider joining a Reboot Circle. Our Circle's participants have called their circle their secret weapon. You'll gain more self-awareness and you'll know you're not alone in the challenges you face day to day. You'll find the same level of self-inquiry in a coach-facilitated cohort with six other leaders just like you. Apply at reboot.io slash circles.